Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with your Daily VR Investing Podcast. Uh, not a pretty day today. Matter of fact, this now makes uh, over a thousand points in Dow Jones losses in just the last couple of days. We did see a, a bit of a speed up, kind of the velocity of the sell off today, certainly in the Dow Jones in the afternoon. Not a good smart money hour. Uh, and you know, if you join us here, we like good smart, we're, we're big on smart money hours, either way, up or down. Today was not a plus. We really thought that yesterday, well, it did. It felt to us, it felt like capitulation. NASDAQ was down sharply, rallied all the way back. As you may remember yesterday, it feels like it was a week ago now. But NASDAQ rallied all the way back, went positive. Same thing in semiconductors after big losses in the morning, rallied back. That felt like capitulation. And then we had this morning uh, the news at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our reminder that there's one thing the market likes least of all other things, and that is the markets do not like being surprised, especially when they're hit upside the head with a two-by-four, which really was what this uh, economic report on the April CPI, the Consumer Price Index, felt like this morning. It felt like Wow. Okay, that's a big number. And it was. No question about it. No one's denying it. We've been expecting it. Pretty much everyone's been expecting it because if you buy anything, you know that inflation is roaring. Uh, only the government seems to be surprised by this. Certainly the Federal Reserve governors that spoke up today said they were shocked by this number. Not sure what they've been looking at. But the official CPI came in for the month of April. It did come in hot with a monthly increase of eight tenths of one percent. And the consensus estimate was only two-tenths of 1%. So, you know, there, there are all kinds of different ways to look at this. You can say, One way is that annually you can say inflation is running now at 8 point, uh, excuse me, 4.2%. It probably is 8.2% legitimately. But, of course, the way they factor the CPI, either uh, with food and energy, ex-food and energy, it does have a, a, great, a great impact on that number. But, again, it was the... The, the speed of the difference, the move here, and, and that carried over into rates. Interest rates this morning were actually lower than the data came out. Rates began to spike, and they continued to move higher throughout the day. With a 10-year uh, finishing the day at a whopping 1.695%, 1.695%. Now, if that sounds like a little bit of sarcasm, that's because that's, it was meant to be a lot of sarcasm. We talk about it often here, just going to mention it again, a couple of things that we think are really important when it comes to interest rates, because we don't think inflation is going to be a long-term concern. This is one of those times we do agree with the Federal Reserve that inflation will be transitory, but we have several months to deal with. Uh, we've got year-over-year uh, uh, numbers that we're looking at, again, from coronavirus insanity of last year, where these numbers are going to look very hot for a time being, for the next, really for the next probably three to four months. Uh, so that's not really the issue. What got people's attention today, frankly, was the velocity of the move in rates, the speed of the move in rates. Again, the 10-year at 1.695%. Just a reminder, <clears throat> during the best bull market in the history of bull markets, NASDAQ bull market from 1995 to 2000, where the NASDAQ gained 575%, the average 10-year yield during that five-year monster melt-up of a bull market was greater than 5%. The average 10-year greater than 5%. Again, we're 1.695% today. We'll just call it 1.7%. So <clears throat> higher rates certainly weren't a problem during the NASDAQ melt-up from 95 to 2000. Matter of fact, 
uh, about three months before the market topped, interest rates topped at 6.8% on the 10-year. That's in late 99, 6.8%. Again, today, 1.7%. So um, one other note, you know, there's always the silver lining. If you have a used vehicle you've been trying to sell, either a car or a truck, now might be the time to do it. Just in the month of April alone, uh, used car prices, used truck prices, both soared by 10% in a single month. That had never happened before. It's a remarkable one-month surge, if, you, if it's believable. Uh, these month-to-month figures are very hard to believe, frankly. Revisions are done, and they're very often the revisions uh, make the original number look like it was uh, made up because the revisions are so dramatic. So we don't panic. We don't get excited. Uh, we don't capitulate here. We don't do any of that based on month-by-month readings. Uh, and uh, we highly encourage uh, uh, investors not to do that, as I have most of my career. These employment, these economic reports, economic data month to month is almost completely unreliable. But, of course, it got the attention today. I want to mention one more thing uh, about interest rates. We shared this last week. You may have heard it in a couple of podcasts because Janet Yellen last week was talking about higher rates. Now she's, she's getting her wish, or at least her statement's b- becoming a bit more true but we remind everybody what actually happens when rates go higher. Now, today, it looks like something bad happens. That's not what history tells us. History also tells us, by the way, that inflation is positive for equities, early inflation most particularly. So uh, we think the market's going to come back to, to its senses here pretty soon. But let me tell you this information on rates. Going back to 1962, We've had 17 cycles of, of rising interest rates. Most of these last less than two years from trough to peak. So how has the S&P 500 done during these previous 17 rising rate cycles? The average gain in the, in the S&P 500 over these 17 cycles of rising rates has been 21.5%. 21.5%. Some of these are over a period of just six to nine months. Some of these gains are, are, are astonishing. Uh, for example, I'll just, I'll just give you a couple. In the first month we talked about, December 1962, uh, this cycle actually lasted four years. The SP 500 gained 47%. Let's go with the shorter-term cycle. How about uh, this very short one from um, October of 98 to, to uh, January of 2000? All right, that, what is that, a month, a, a year and three months? Uh, 39% gains in the S&P 500. Uh, more recently, uh, July of 2012 to December of 2013, what is that, 18 months? Gains of 40% in the S&P 500. I've got uh, five more I can tell you quickly where the gains are better than 35%, again, in a very compressed time frame because rising rates are bullish for equities, as is rising inflation. Now, you start getting out of control which, of course, is where people go right away, extrapolate you know, today. Well, what if rates keep going up at this rate for the next 30 days? Well, yeah, then the, 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 then the 10-year yield would be at 5%. But we just don't see anything close to that happening. Uh, we think this is a buying opportunity. Not sure we saw capitulation today again because of the smart money hour. Did not like the feel of the close. But really, it, frankly, it was the, the, the Dow Jones that sped up. Uh, to the downside. The Nasdaq was essentially flat in the last hour and a half of trading. I mean, it was down 20 points from its from uh, from where it finished up. But uh, most of the losses came in the Dow 
and the uh, S&P 500. What's interesting also is that everyone <clears throat> that's been saying that technology, growth stocks, are out of favor and that this is now a bull market that will be driven by value stocks. Well, did you, have you seen what happened the last couple of days? Is, is that the kind of bull market that gets you excited when uh, you have housing, which, by the way, got slaughtered today? Housing, housing stocks, uh, uh, energy stocks did well today, but these deep value stocks, a lot of commodities. Is this, is this uh, consumer staples, is this the kind of value bull market that you want to enjoy? No, and that's why it's so important to remember that the technology stocks, growth stocks, lead both on the upside and the downside. And the kind of bull market that we want to be in, which is the exact bull market that we expect will continue. Remember, we're two, two days away from all-time highs here. You know, this is a classic uh, escalator up, elevator down scenario is what it feels like. Uh, but we want tech to lead because tech is going to lead either way. Uh, value bull markets are not good bull markets, and I've seen several in my career. They're just not. They're the kind of bull market that gets you 4 to 8% growth a year. And we're just not in that kind of bull market for all the reasons we've covered here for, for so very often. Uh, also, uh, mentioned Tom Lee. A lot of you know the name Tom Lee. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, we'll call him the, the, the market watcher, the quant. He's got a really a good team with him. <clears throat> not as good as the folks at Evercore and Ed Hyman and Rich Ross and his team. Again, they're still very, very bullish. They also see rising inflation and rising rates as being uh, bullish as well. But, uh, but uh, Tom Lee at Fundstrat today came up with some interesting stuff that said we've had uh, only 20 instances where the VIX was up 40% over two days. That's just happened. Uh, the VIX today was up 26%. Uh, what was that? Uh, I forget yesterday, like 18% yesterday. But again, over 40%. That's happened only 20 times uh, since 1990. And that's been broadly bullish. In about 75% of the cases, the market was significantly higher one month, three months, and six months later. And also, a lot of people talking about this today, the tick hit an all-time low yesterday. These are stocks that are on a plus tick or a minus tick. And again, that's a sign. What is that? Both of these. The VIX uh, going up more than 40% in two days is typically the sign of a sell-off that is overdone. Same thing with the tick hitting these rings. These are, these are signs of capitulation. What we thought we saw yesterday, we may see the beginning of today. I would not be surprised. I wouldn't buy a higher open tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lower open. That's when we would get very interested in, being a, 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 in aggressively adding to positions because our markets now are starting to hit extreme oversold levels. On some of our momentum oscillators, we're seeing it in the Qs, the QQQ. We're seeing it in NASDAQ. We're seeing it in small caps. Of course, uh, SP500 and Dow Jones are only, what, a couple days away from all-time highs. Okay, uh, what else do we see today? Tyler pointed this out to me. Some really good stuff here, I think. The Fear and Greed Index now is back down to 37. It opened this morning. I think I wrote it up this morning. Was it 41 or 51? I can't remember, but it was neutral. Now it's getting into fear territory. The Fear and Greed Index falling out of bed uh, very quickly. Again, that's another sign of a lot of fear, a lot of capitulation. Again, we saw it in the VIX, seeing the Fear and Greed Index, a great sentiment survey that we use here. Also today, the trend which is the arms index, or short-term trading index, they call it. Today, uh, closed to the reading of 47. 
This is, again, another sign that we look for that tells us a, a capitulation event is happening here. It's more heavily weighted to volume uh, than it is to advanced decline, and I'll cover those internals in just a minute. Uh, volume was better. Advanced decline was pretty ugly today, uh, but not by much. Uh, also, the put call ratio today, this is the first time this has happened in some time. Put call ratio today spent about four hours above one. That means you've got a preponderance of, a, a big preponderance of people, investors that are buying puts over calls. Again, that had not happened. Uh, and now we have hedge funds that are aggressively short, uh, big tech stocks, NASDAQ, growth stocks. Again, as a group, when, when hedge funds are, are, are as a majority, <clears throat> acting together, that's about the best reverse indicator you'll ever see because hedge funds are just not good as a group when they're all on one side of a trade, uh, and, uh, and they are now being short tech. So we think all the signs are starting to build up here. We get a wall of worry building. We got these gas shortages. We got Middle East problem. Again, all of these things happening because for one reason, because his name is Joe Biden. And Team Biden, uh, they're either clueless or, as Jesse Kelly, and as you've heard us say here before, this is not by mistake. This is, this is what communists want to do. Communists want to destroy shit. They want to blow uh, uh, economies up. You know, it was our hope, and it still is, that we can get to the uh, midterms. Hopefully they're not rigged like the election was uh, last year. Get to the midterms where Dems will be wiped out as long as they haven't figured out how to rig those two. And, of course, they're, they're trying to pass the new laws to, to help them do that. Uh, but if we can get to the midterms, we take the House back, take the Senate back, uh, and Biden's the ability uh, for, for damage, for, for Biden to do a whole lot of damage will be gone. But, again, you know, we've got to get to that period first. But this, all of this is happening uh, during uh, uh, the first really 100 days of President Joe Biden and we're seeing the difference in, in, a, in a hands-on president. Whether you like him or not, Trump was a hands-on president. If there was a problem, he was the first guy on the spot to, 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 to do his damnedest to take care of it. Biden's calling a lid every day at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Uh, and, um, you know, so, of course, the real question becomes, how long is it going to be uh, before we have President Harris as, uh, as, as our president? Um, and maybe that maybe maybe that would be better. I, I don't know. Maybe that'd be better. At least have somebody that can stay awake more than eight hours a day. Um, let's. Uh, I didn't even really cover the marks today, did I? I? Put all that out there. I apologize. Jump around a bit here. Uh, Dow Jones today finishing in pretty much to the lows, down six hundred eighty-one points, uh, down uh, right at two percent at twenty-three thousand five eighty-seven. Uh, our loser on the day was Russell two thousand, down three point two percent. At 2135, again, we're looking at now these, these indexes getting hitting extreme oversold on, uh, on our momentum oscillator, several of our momentum oscillators as they uh, break through uh, their 50, 100 day. And now, you know, some probably will start to look like they're going to approach the 200 day. And that's where the real fear sets in. But again, we think that's a sign of, of, of capitulation here. NASDAQ today down 2.7%. Down a big 357 at 13,031. And finally, SP 500 also down right at 2%, 2.1% at 4,063. Um, <clears throat> also of note, the uh, semiconductors, SMH today was down 4%. NASDAQ again down 2.6%. We want to see those lead not to the downside, but to the upside. We are seeing the signs of capitulation. Look, this is a tech led bull market that we believe has got years to go. 
uh, and these uh, these shakeouts like this are buying opportunities. That's how that's how we're that's how we're looking at it. We want to see the internals get better again. They've been lagging of late. Uh, they've actually been lagging for some time, uh, and uh, now they're picking up speed a bit to the downside. Let's cover that real quick here today. NYSE and uh, and Nasdaq from advanced decline point of view, we're looking at six to one negative for uh, uh, NYSE. Uh, excuse me, Nasdaq. Excuse me. Start over. Six to one negative advanced decline for NYSE, four to one negative for NASDAQ. Again, uh, improvement there over NASDAQ from, from NYSE's readings on volume. And again, this is why the trend was a bit better today, was actually pretty solid. Uh, volume today was 76% negative on NASDAQ, but 83% negative for NYSE. Again, these are, these are not hardcore capitulation numbers but they're approaching capitulation readings. Again, just a couple of days away from all-time highs. And our commodity watch, and our sector watch, sorry. Sector watch today, we had 10 of 11 S&P 500 sectors, finished lower in the day, led to the downside by consumer discretionary down 3.2%. Again, tech down 2.8%. To the upside, energy stocks were our sole uh, uh, victor today. To the upside, energy stocks finishing up fractionally, but we'll take that. Uh, it's better than uh, it's better than losses of close to three percent, isn't it? And uh, then a commodity watch today. The dollar was strong today. You figure we get these great, you know, these big. This is great. These big inflationary readings. You think that would be super bullish for gold and silver? And uh, no, because the dollar was strong uh, on the backs of these inflation of this inflationary data and on the backs of higher rates. Uh, gold today down sixteen dollars an ounce, holding. 1800 closing at $1,819 an ounce. Silver down 55 cents at 27.12. Copper uh, giving up 5 cents a pound at 4.72, one day away from all time highs. Oil today up 51 cents a barrel at 65.80. And finally, Bitcoin closing down $2,210 or trading at trading down 2210. Last trade here, 54,401. Crazy day today, folks. We always appreciate you joining us. We appreciate your feedback. Keep it coming. Come join us full-time at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.